This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, everyone. This is Wolf News. I'm Alex. Alex is a good-looking young man, well-dressed, nice haircut, but he's not real. He's an avatar created by artificial intelligence. And Wolf News, that's fake too. It's a newscast, somewhat realistic in appearance, with content critical of the United States and supportive, in fact, created by communist China. The emergence of avatars masquerading as humans can be seen as a further blurring of the line between fact and fiction, between truth and untruth. The rapid growth and scaling up of artificial intelligence is accelerating the possibility of false narratives spreading further and faster than ever before. Such false narratives have another name, of course, disinformation. I'm Paul Brandis, and that's the name of this series. It's called simply Disinformation. And I'm Meredith Wilson, founder and CEO of Emergent Risk International, and I'll be providing analysis throughout each episode. And welcome to season two of this series. We also have a brand new newsletter devoted to disinformation. It's called Disinformation Monitor. I'll tell you how to get that at the end of the show. As I mentioned, Wolf News is a Chinese creation. It was discovered by Graphica, a New York-based network analysis firm that, among other things, tracks online networks. Jack Stubbs is Graphica's VP of Intelligence. He joined me from London. Um, Wolf News is a, is a fake media outlet um, that is operated as part of a Chinese state-aligned uh, political influence operation that Graphica discovered in 2019. The way this thing kind of predominantly operates is whoever is behind it uh, creates a whole series of fake persona accounts. Uh, they use those to see these very distinctive uh, political video clips, um, and then they use more fake accounts to amplify those to to a wider range of audiences. And the, the videos are really distinctive. Graphica has coined a term for this Chinese product, part spam, part camouflage, thus the term spamouflage. Get it? The narratives are typically, you know, very supportive of Beijing and the CCP, uh, very critical of the West, obviously, typically kind of criticizing, you know, the United States for its various perceived shortcomings. But towards the end of last year, we, we saw a set of videos from the spamouflage operation that actually was kind of new, and there was some, some stuff in there we hadn't seen before. Um, which is that they were using um, generative AI avatars in their videos. And this is where Wolf News comes in. So they created this fake media outlet that purported to be an you know, independent news site, um, called it Wolf News. And then they had you know news presenters uh, talking to the camera as they were recording the videos. And what we found out was that these news presenters, they aren't real. Um, they're entirely fictitious people, and they're actually portrayed on the screen using generative AI. 
Like many manufacturers of disinformation, Wolf News mixes in terms that are factual, for example, by mentioning the fact that the United States has a big problem with mass shootings. By mentioning things that are true, it makes it easier to slip in other things, other messages that might not be. What this is about is using covert behaviors, you know, deceptive online behaviors to try and exert political influence uh, by a Chinese state-aligned actor. Um, and in terms of how effective it's been, again, it's really hard to measure the impact of this stuff. Often that also hinges on actor intent, right? Um, if their intent was to to get a bunch of views, then it seems like they've done that. If their intent was to maybe, you know, actually change the way people are thinking about things, very hard to assess that. Um, but what we see typically with, with Chinese kind of state-aligned influence operations is they, they seem to pursue a tactic of kind of flooding the zone. And they're basically trying to get as much of their own stuff into the conversation as possible. His observation that the Chinese are trying to flood the zone, overwhelm their targets with information, that's a very common Russian tactic as well, as we've discussed in prior episodes. Meanwhile, keep this in mind, this so-called generative technology, the manufacturing of fake audio and video, can still be rather clunky, but what happens when the technology gets better? We'll discuss that and more after this short break. This series on disinformation is a co-production of Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International, a global risk advisory firm. Emergent Risk International. We build intelligent solutions that find opportunities in a world of risk. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome back. In 2017, a renowned Scottish dictionary, Collins, declared fake news to be the word of the year, conveying the impression that fake news was something new. In fact, evidence of it dates back thousands of years. That certainly includes, by the way, the relatively short quarter of a millennia of our own country's history. That alone is worthy of a future episode. So this stuff is hardly novel. There have always been bad actors, those with malicious intent. But what is new is the push-button speed, the ubiquity, and the low barrier to entry. That combination alone is powerful and unprecedented. And when you layer on top of that the remarkable potential of AI, well, it hardly seems like hyperbole to say we're in a new world. Meredith Wilson is Chief Executive Officer of Emergent Risk International. It's unfortunately probably a wave of the future, though maybe not one that you would want to be on if you were a journalist. Um, I think the, you know, the danger there, there's there's several things. Um, and, and this kind of goes to the broader issue with AI right now, which is that anybody really can create these things with a very limited skill set. Yeah. Um, you really just need to be able to give directions to the right AI tool and you can do this. Um, the problem, of course, is that it comes with a lack of accountability, right? So 
you create this fake news channel, you put out this fake news, uh, it goes viral, people believe it. Um, who are we going to hold accountable for that? Right? So what point um, can we hold the can we hold the Chinese government accountable for that? It wouldn't be like a Fox News versus Dominion systems issue, right? It would be a um, it, it, there really is no accountability attached to something like that. And we're going to see this at scale across the internet, whether it's the the fake news avatar, whether it's um, you know fake content that's created and put into a fake newspaper, which we already have that problem. Um, but there are very few people behind it um, at the end of the day, and we may not know who those people are. So holding them accountable, ergo um, finding a way to stop it, right, will be very, very difficult. I was hoping for a reassuring answer, and uh, I didn't get it. <laughs> this is really terrifying. It's the old journalists, right? Yeah, this is really terrifying stuff. As for the explosive growth of generative AI and its use in influence operations, Stubbs' firm Graphica has broken it down into three areas which make it easier to understand. It's as simple, he says, as ABC. We use a framework we came up with at Graphica called the ABC Frameworks to kind of think about and talk about the different uh, activity we encounter in our work. It's really simple. A is for actors, uh, B is for behaviors, and C is for content. Um, what we're seeing with generative AI is that it's having a pretty profound effect across all three of those areas. So in terms of actors, uh, it's lowering the barrier to entry quite significantly, right? These generative AI tools, it's really important. They're all commercially available. And they're very easy to access. So anyone with a credit card uh, now has access to capabilities that previously were, were quite advanced. For example, being able to produce you know, uh, convincing, fluent written content in multiple languages. Previously, you would actually need to speak the language yourself. Uh, now you can have chat GPT do that for you. Uh, second one is behaviors. And the, the real advantage here is about basically the ability to scale. Um, so this Wolf News incident is a nice example of that as well. In the past, we've seen uh, a completely separate influence operation in Pakistan that did something quite similar. They produced this kind of like fake media outlet with, you know, uh, quote unquote, news presenters talking to the camera. But they actually hired real people to do that. So they went went online. They found commercial script readers. They um, paid them a couple hundred bucks to record a video, to the video back, edited it, uploaded it. And now what you can see with the likes of Spamouflage and Wolf News is they don't need to do that. They can just go to a commercial website. They can type in a script, click a button, and this generative AI person says it all for you. And then the last one is content. Um, generative AI is really good at making incredibly convincing uh, fake or deceptive content. And uh, maybe your listeners have seen this. There was an amazing uh, fake photo a couple of months ago of uh, the Pope allegedly wearing this very kind of glitzy puffer jacket and it went viral online. That was a real moment for a lot of people, I think including myself, who... Uh, kind of pride themselves on being able to spot this kind of thing and actually were like, yeah, why not? But understanding generative AI, how it works and how it can fuel disinformation is one thing. Thwarting it, or more realistically, diluting its impact, that's another story. I think the simple but quite boring answer is it's about critical thinking. And this isn't a new problem, right? It's just that there's going to be more deceptive content produced at a higher scale by a greater range of people we need to teach ourselves to interrogate our sources. As I said earlier, I'm a former reporter, and this thing is kind of really important to me. 
when you see something on the internet, whether it's a picture of the of, a, of the Pope in a puffer jacket or a purported you know, news video from Wolf News, you need to be asking yourself, like, is this real? Where did it come from? Who created it? If they created it, how and why? And we basically need to be, um, yeah, we need to interrogate our sources and all the information that we receive. Is it human nature for people to do that? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Particularly on the internet, you know, it's a, it's a very like um, attention poor environment. People are very inclined to kind of scroll past and accept things at face value. Yeah, that's the part that worries me. I mean, how do you? And I hear this over and over again when I talk to other experts in this field. They say, "Yes, critical thinking, media literacy, better education." Uh, it all makes sense, but to get people to actually, you know, uh, question what they're seeing and reading and hearing, boy, it just doesn't uh, strike me as being compatible with uh, human nature as we know it. And I think that's uh, that's the part that uh, scares me. What do you think? Right. And it scares me as well. Um, but it's not that this is a new, a new challenge, right? I think that's really important to, to bear in mind the context of this. I mean, you know, Stalin was you know, artificially editing people out of photographs in the 1930s. Um, most people now kind of understand that you see a photo of something doesn't necessarily mean that it actually happened. People are very familiar with the, the concept of like Photoshop and, you know, um, the creation of misleading still images. Um, you know, the Hollywood film studio to be able to create essentially highly convincing fakes for, for also, you know, over a decade, right? We just see them as special effects in the movies. Um, the point is that that kind of capability is now increasingly accessible, so more people are going to do it, and it's going to lead to a significantly higher volume of false and misleading or deceptive content. Um, so the, the kind of the interrogate your sources instinct, it needs to become ingrained in people. When these skills, critical thinking and media literacy, are lacking, it pushes us closer to what futurists have called a post-fact world, a world where people don't know what to believe or don't believe anything at all. This brings up a different sort of challenge, a challenge that companies with reputations, market shares, customers, and shareholders to think of must and are trying to adapt to. But Meredith Wilson says with artificial intelligence and disinformation, there may be limits to what can be done. There is a strong limit to your ability to control what goes viral and what happens out there. It is really different than um, doing corporate PR work 30, 40 years ago, right? There was a there was a playbook, you know, this is how we manage a reputation crisis. This is how we manage it. When it comes to um, disinformation and social media, it's much harder to know exactly how to manage that. And now we add a layer on top of that of AI and it gets that much harder because we don't necessarily know where it's coming from. It's a playbook. Uh, mm -hmm. So, but there are a lot of companies that are, um, you know, are really looking at tools to better understand disinformation, to better understand um, what's being said as early as possible. So whether that is monitoring social media, whether that is, um, you know, uh, uh, employing different types of, of, of tools that sift through information, um, all of those types of things are in place in a lot of companies. And, and then it comes down to maybe we can't control what's happening, but we can control how we react to it and our messaging as a result, right? Hello, everyone. This is Wolf News. I'm Alex. 
So perhaps we can't do much for now at least to disrupt fake TV channels and AI-created avatars, but perhaps this isn't even our biggest problem. Perhaps the real challenge lies in the fact that the tools used to create such fakery, such potential division and maliciousness are in the hands of all of us. What could possibly go wrong? If you like this show and this series, I hope you'll go to the Apple or Spotify page or wherever you're listening to this and give us a review. And if you have questions, comments, or ideas, or an example of disinformation you'd like us to check out, my email is paulb at emergentriskinternational.com. Thanks to Jack Stubbs of Graphica, our sound designer and editor, Noah Fouts, audio engineer, Nathan Corson. Executive Producers Michael DeAloya and Gerardo Orlando. And on behalf of Meredith Wilson, I'm Paul Brandis. Thanks so much for listening. Mad Magazine. Advertising mascots. B-movie posters. And cartoons. Oh, yeah, can't forget cartoons. If you get the funky connection that ties these pop culture gems together, you'll dig two designers walk into a bar. See, we're a couple of creatively curious pals living between the bookends of grand museums and dive bars. Hey, you know the place, the sweet spot where highbrow and lowbrow become drinking buddies. So join our barroom chats as we talk influential work and uncover stories of how the familiar became iconic. Think behind the music for the stuff we love. Check out our website at twodesignerswalkintoabar.com. And listen wherever you get your podcasts or visit evergreenpodcasts.com.